episode what's this a christmas episode what's this i have no more rhymes uh, to give so what's this hi everyone and welcome to a very special bonus episode of never seen the nightmare before christmas yay yay there's more cheers yay (laughs) i am your host jenny and for this seasonal episode my two very cheerful chums because you know it's christmas so we're cheerful we're not miserable at all is the lovely stace happy holidays everyone and the very cheerful lee merry christmas yay look at all cheer yay i I did have like a party blower but i've left it somewhere (laughs) Oh no! But actually, it's probably good because that'd be just really loud down the mic. I think. Uh, do you know what? Toot, toot, toot! I know someone is very good at doing little trumpet noises. <laughs> do you remember that episode of the parlour that I did with you, Pear, where I tried to make the sound of an air horn? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There it is. There's there the go. Christmas horn for the episode. A festive air horn. Oh, Lordy, we're off to a great start. We're not drunk, I swear. We haven't popped open the sherry or anything yet. Well, yet. Not yet. Also, I, I don't drink. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll drink for you. It'll be fine. Would you? I'd appreciate it. You can I think going to be drinking for three because I don't, I don't drink <laughs> Also, I'm at that age shit. where apparently if you get completely shit-faced, um, you're dead for like two days afterwards with a hangover. Do you know what? I've weirdly grown out of hangovers. What's that about? Touching you all the wood. Never sobered up, I think. <laughs> ah, shut up. What do you shut know up, about my bitch. alcohol consumption habits? Well, because we follow you on social media and see how much beer you drink. You can shut up and all. <laughs> but it's all right because they're special beers with really funky. Uh, design tins and names and stuff and yeah. uh, i love it when i see it because they're really cool they're funky i names. feel like i haven't had a beer for like at least a week <laughs> that's not the that season, long days tis the season to get plastered la 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 oh no we're so, singing already <clears throat> shall we shall, shall we skip to the beginning shall, <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say should we start the pod on the film and then we'll come back to merriment and what we've been up to not much yet. Okay. So, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I keep looking at it and thinking, the A, no, it's D, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Or, as it is actually printed out, is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, mm. which is based on, char- <laughs> I know, based on characters and story by Tim Burton, but directed by Henry Selick, mm. with score and songs by Danny Elfman. And we have the voice characters, sorry, the voice actors. We have Danny Elfman as the singing voice of Jack Skellington, Chris Sarandon as the speaking voice of Jack Skellington, Catherine O'Hara as Sally, also a shock, William Hickey as Dr. Finkelstein, or Finkelstein, yeah, and uh, Glenn Shaddix as the mayor, 
Paul Rubens as Locke and Ken Page as Oogie Boogie. Lots of other voices as well, but they're probably some of our main core yeah. voices we have in this. So Paul Rubens, uh, some may also know as um, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Well, and Catherine O'Hara, we should know famously from other Christmas films such as Home Alone, Slaps Face. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 I actually did slap my face then, and I don't know why, because nobody could see it. No, we're not even on video to watch, so we no. couldn't see it either. I know that Stacey and I have seen this film before, mm-hmm. but actually, Lee, shocking horror. Yeah, this you is this is seen this. Yeah, this is my big never seen. How about it? Oh. Yeah. Well, did you? Because obviously you've just recently watched it. I should also mention, obviously, this is from 1993. It's been out for a good long while now. So we're going to spoil the absolute fuck out of it. Yeah. Uh, because that's what we do. Because if you haven't already seen it, go have a Christmas jolly and watch it and then come back and listen to us talk all about it. So, Lee, you hadn't seen it before. No, no. So, <clears throat> and I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> because when this came out, what would we say, 93? Yeah. Um, I was big into Tim Burton at that point, you know, after Beetlejuice and Batman and Batman Returns and Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Um, yeah. Batman Returns. Was, I think he was making Batman Returns when when, when this was being made. Because, yeah. spoiler, he didn't actually have much to do with it, um, although his name's on the above the title. Mm. Um, so I think maybe I just didn't see I would have been 23. So I guess I maybe just didn't see it because I thought it was a kid's movie, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also I don't think it made much of a of an impact when it came out. I think it's one of those that kind of came out, kind of disappeared, and then and then grew a bit of fandom around it over the next like ten years or so. Um, but yeah, but I, I hadn't seen it at all. Um, I should point out that it's it's my friend Aaliyah's favourite film, along with uh, Beauty and the Beast. This is Beauty and the Beast, which I've oh. also never seen. Oh, oh my god, hold up now, hold on. Neither of which I've seen. What the fuck? Which, which feels I mean, like yeah, you know, like an insult. It <laughs> is an insult. I mean I mean it's alright if you hadn't seen the live action version, because that's terrible. But the animated version of Beauty and the Beast, yeah. oh, we're gonna have to fix that one in the new year. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I mean it's on the list. But uh, yeah, I, I've never seen that. And I you know, I feel like there's there's definitely my some favorite. unspoken like tension. Oh. The fact that yeah, I've, I've not seen. I, I mean, I've spent the last ten years, literally every Christmas and birthday, buying her Beauty and the Beast stuff and Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. And Do you know spoiler, what? Spoiler alert: she's got some more again this year. So, <laughs> um, and yet I, I've never seen either. Now, the other problem, I'm, I, and also I found out, <laughs> I found out that a Nightmare Before Christmas or the Nightmare Before Christmas, sorry. And Corpse Bride are two different movies. <laughs> I thought they were the same movie. Just, oh, yeah, no. I was doing research. I went, hang on. <laughs> that's that's a different movie. Oh, OK. There's two of them. So, um, yeah. So that was that was interesting. I just conflated that in my head. Do you know, from that little nugget of information from you about Beauty and the Beast never seeing it, I finally understand what it's like to be you in a conversation with me and Stace. 
<laughs> I'm just worried now that this episode is potentially not only going to end our friendships, but also now Lee's friendship with someone else. Oh, I'm fully aware. This is a yeah. risky business episode. The, the, yeah, I, this is a minefield. Wow. I've, I've blundered into <laughs> this one. I mean, there is a sign of it's quite surprised because this is a full on stop animation film. And I know that you enjoy stop animation. Yeah. Yeah. Because Harry Housen. Um, yeah. I got that right. Yes. Harry Housen. Yeah. It, I know you're a huge like I am. And you're probably a bigger fan than me of that. So I am quite surprised. And of course, Tim Burton, too. Yeah. So, but, so, I mean, I didn't fall out of love with Tim Burton until he did Plant of the Apes. <laughs> in, in, you know, again linking to two episodes ago yeah. um which was 2001 and then i didn't watch another tim burton movie until um uh, miss peregrine's whatever oh, school I, for I didn't mind peculiar that. children yeah that was okay what i fell out of love with i mean i didn't bother with planet of the apes was when tim Burton did um dumbo and that was terrible so <laughs> Yeah, but that was that was his last film. You got, you got, yeah, I, know, I, I was, totally abandoned him two yeah. years ago. And then, he was, and then he's just recently said, "Hey, I'm not going to do anything with Disney anymore." I thought, well, it's probably just as well, mate. Because good one. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks. But yeah, so I I I always liked. I mean, I'll tell you, I was, I was big into Tim Burton. I you know I liked his not just these movies, the the Batman stuff like that, which I've always had issues with these Batmans. But I, I loved uh, Sleepy Hollow. I loved um, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, I liked Edward Scissorhands. Um, Edward, I thought was great. Mars Attacks, I thought was great. Um, Pee Wee Herman, I never watched. I, I saw like about five minutes of that and just went, that's not for me. I feel Pee Wee Herman is very American. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I yeah, think you need to know what that is. Yeah, and I'm not like... So I'm similar to, to you. I think Beetlejuice and um, the two Batman movies, because they're two my favourite Batman movies. Edward Scissorhands, loved it. Mars Attacks, not one of my favourites, you know, but at least I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward, I've not seen yet. No, me yeah. neither. Meaning to. Okay. Uh, but that's... Yeah, and then I haven't bothered with Planet of the Apes, but... I th- it seems to be that like oh and Sleepy Hollow I adore sorry Sleepy Hollow I adore so yeah. that's what, that was sort of early two thousands I think yeah Sleepy Hollow was ninety nine okay so it seems that somewhere between the eighties to the end of the nineties that's where he was good <laughs> so. wait well, it's, it's yeah I mean I don't know because like, I mean he made a lot of movies between two thousand one and two thousand sixteen but they were you know they were I guess those were mostly musicals. He was big into oh, he, he had his he musicals did, um, fate and all his Johnny Depp stuff. Yeah, because did Sweeney Todd, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah. it was all stuff that just didn't appeal to me at that point. He kind of he went off and doing his own thing that just wasn't yeah. my cup of tea. But what um, about you, Stace? Uh, I I don't really have a, a care either way. Um, that I've seen some of his stuff, I've liked some of it, I've disliked some of it. Some of it I won't go back to now because I don't care for Johnny Depp anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean Beetlejuice is one of my favourite films like ever, let alone one of my favourite sort of like spooky movies. Mm. Um, but the thing about Nightmare Before Christmas for me was I wouldn't watch it as a kid because it was too scary. Um, So this came out in, what, 93, so I would have been, like, eight. Uh, And I remember probably being around that age and, like, you know, my sister maybe watching it and just just getting a look at, like – so they make Jack – 
kind of cute, which is insane to me because he's the apparently scariest person in Halloween Town. But we'll get we'll get to that later. But mm. a lot of the tertiary characters are fucking nightmarish, and I hate them. Um, yeah. I mean, the so, kid with the soda pies. Yeah, the kid with the soda pies. Some of the musicians don't really like them. There's one character who's kind of like podgy and has like a bit of a nightmare face. I just, I just don't, I don't like it. It was scary. So I didn't watch this until I was about 20. I think Mm. it was the first time I was like, no, you're an adult now. Come on, stop being a fanny about this. I mean, Um, the horror you now watch, this is kind of tame as well. So, yeah. So what I will say, if people could sort of get into the mindset of me, go on. can Can I just anticipate what you're about to say? What do you think I, I'm about to are say? You, are you about to say, I find stop motion animation really creepy and scary? Is that yes. what you're about to say? <laughs> yes, yes. I was about to say, you've got to cut me some slack because this is a thousand percent not in my wheelhouse because it's frightening. Like to me, Coraline is the closest I can get to to like, creepy like creepy stuff and even that some of that is a bit too much for me yeah, <laughs> if I'm yeah. honest. and that's quite cute really um but so yeah there's certain and I don't know what it is what exactly it is about certain types because some types of stop animation stop motion animation I'm fine with but others just get right under my skin and make me scared of everything that's around me right now mm. um and this was definitely one of them so like I think I put this off put off watching this until I was about 20 because I was then like sort of in my like hot topic phase <laughs> where I was where I owned like do you remember living dead dolls god they were awful yeah weren't I remember I? those yeah. um yeah, and I owned stuff like that and just like just wore like giant baggy hoodies and had chains hanging off my insanely, insanely huge jeans that I could literally fit a friend of mine in whilst I was in them. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I still don't really like this movie because of that. <laughs> what aspect? Because I can remember there was um I think it was sort of late eighties, probably on telly. Because when I was a kid, obviously, I'd get up really early on Christmas Day morning because presents. Of course. Um, and mum and dad used to have like a big Santa bag sack that said to Jennifer, Merry Christmas, you know, from Santa. And my brother had one, too. And I used to fill them with the bits of presents we were allowed to have before we had to open presents, you know, like as a family. Yeah. And they'd be at the foot of our bed. So I used to wake, wake up at like arse crack of doors like presents, you know. And put telly on to have a bit of early morning kids telly to watch, you know, waiting for family to wake up. And there was this film that came on one year, and I'm pretty sure it was a Jim Henson one. But it did freak me out. It was something like The Secret Life of Toys or something. Oh. And there was this evil doll, and she was sort of, I don't know if she was at the top of the Christmas tree or something, but she was really evil, and some of the cuddly toys were the heroes. I don't really remember the entire story of the film i just remember it freaked me the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) i had a hard time the first time i saw toy story at the cinema because of sid's mangled uh, toys i was not happy with those at all they were really upsetting to me (laughs) well (laughs) i'm a sensitive soul (laughs) yeah well i mean as a kid i was terrified by everything i mean i i didn't watch carry on screaming until i was like 18 or something like that just anything remotely horror adjacent would just Mm. freak me out um so i mean one of the things that this reminded me of now when i was a kid halloween wasn't particularly a thing 
in the, yeah. in, in the 80s, in the 70s and, and 80s. Halloween wasn't a big holiday. It was, you know, it was a, it was mostly it seemed like an American thing, although it's an Irish, I think, an Irish holiday. It seemed more of an American thing. So Blue Peter used to do a bit of a thing on it with some, you know, head carve a pumpkin or whatever. But we never really celebrated. We never went trick or treating or anything like that. It just wasn't a thing. But there used to be the occasional spooky kids program, um, which used to just freak me the hell out. And I used to hate it because it it's like it used to sneak up on you, like there'd be scary Jack and Ories or or whatever. It used to freak me out. And there was a there was a an educational uh, like kids program, like a schools program called um, not you and me. Um, words and pictures oh i remember that that was just you know just like how to you know how to say words and pronounce words and stuff like that and they used to have little animated songs mm. and they used to have a lot of stop motion little animations in them and one was about a witch that was on at halloween and that used to creep me out and it reminded me a lot of this it's just the stop motion thing and the, mm. the, you know the spooky whatevers so that reminded me of it but um but yeah so i i didn't really discover horror until i was 16 something like that when i when i discovered stephen king i read cujo for the first time but yeah so so halloween was never a thing it was always bonfire night so Mm. i've got no kind of loyalty or affection for halloween as a holiday at all in any way i'm not a halloweeny person at all which might be another reason why i've not but i didn't watch this i you know well, that's the funny uh, hybrid of this film, though, isn't it? Because is it a Halloween film or is it a Christmas film? Exactly. It's a Halloween what film. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 having watched it, I feel like it's more of a Halloween film. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. a Halloween film with Christmas as a kind of MacGuffin. In yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Rather than being, yeah. So I, 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 I mean, spoiler, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, good. So <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I wasn't blown away, but I enjoyed it. And I watched it twice because I, I watched it once a couple of days ago and then I watched it again today yeah. to make my notes. And I and yeah, and I was going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of digging this now. I Yeah. Now I'm settling into it because there's nothing that spoils. Enjo- as we found out during this podcast, nothing kills a movie than having to watch it kind of as homework yeah yeah yeah. okay i've got to watch this now i'm not in the mood for it but i've got to watch it because we're recording and i've got to make my notes and yada 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 so so i i I watched it the other night and i was kind of okay it was you know the design's brilliant it's brilliant yeah it's beautiful you know the 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 sculptures and the the sets and everything are astonishingly good the you know the, the the creature designs are fucking weird Mm. um and yeah i mean i know that when they when they made this we can get into this but i know that they they there was a lot of pushback from disney going about is this going to be too scary for kids and tim burton's going no 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 it's <laughs> I, I like, and yeah, but you're you were a weird kid tim burton he's, and he's a weird adult but yeah <laughs> so, yeah so and then they test screened it after it was finished they test screened it for a bunch of kids and they hated it yeah. it, <laughs> it died on its ass so then they went, well, we can't put this out as a Disney movie. We're going to have to put it out as Touchstone, mm. which is their, their adult, adult label. Yeah. So um, and yeah, I mean, had I seen this as a kid, it would have it would have given me nightmares, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from the, the weirdness of the of the designs and stuff. And like, like you say, just the background 
critters, like there's little vampire women and stuff. And yeah. it's just like horrid. So, but I did, I did, I did like enjoy it. I, I didn't think the songs were particularly memorable. Aside yeah. from what's this, what's this? I couldn't I, no, yeah. until, tell you until any others. You mentioned something this, this earlier when we were talking on WhatsApp and you, you dropped in what's this as a yeah. gag. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and Stay sort of went, ha ha ha. And I just went, huh? <laughs> what? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's that, that big song that says what's this about a million times. A million times, yeah. So um so I wasn't really, you know, super yeah, I wouldn't if I'd have seen it the same. I wouldn't have been humming the songs mm-hmm. on that mm. kind of. But uh, when I watched it the second time, I have been, um, I have been humming Halloween, Halloween. Da, da, yeah. da, da. <laughs> so I guess that one. Some earworms, yeah. Um, well, well, how about I just read out a little synopsis for it, and then okay. we just like dive in, top to bottom, so to speak. Okay. Okay, so Jack Skellington, the pumpkin king of Halloween Town, decides to spread Christmas joy to the world. But his well-meaning mission unwittingly puts Santa Claus in jeopardy and creates a nightmare for good little boys and girls everywhere. Who will save Christmas? Oh, indeed. So there's our little synopsis, which uh, handily is just from the back of the DVD. So <laughs> Plagiarism. Not even writing your own scripts. I mean, I could do, but when they do it for you... Somebody's already done it, so, you know... Who who can be bothered? I I have a little bit of a problem with this film. So I give this, like, a solid three out of five because Mm -hmm. I think it is stunning and everything about the animation, even though it scares me a little bit in places, is wonderful, particularly um, the disgusting bugs and stuff that make a boogie boogie um, fell, but also sort of mesmerising. Um, but the issue that I have is I feel that this film should either be a much shorter short or a much longer movie because there's a lot of sort of periphery stuff happening that I feel like either doesn't enhance the story of Jack doing Christmas or needs more behind it for me to care. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the the big one is this sort of ongoing thing of um, Sally Mm. um, sort of uh, I, I guess she's sort of been sort of uh, controlled by the guy that made her, I guess. So she yeah. started like drugging him and running off and sort of falling in love with Jack. I don't get why everybody in Halloween 10 is so far up Jack's ass, by the way, because he ain't that great. But um, like that whole storyline bamboozled me this when I watched it this time because I didn't even remember it happening <laughs> at all from when I'd put, which to be fair, I haven't seen this film for like, I would say probably a good 10 years because um, I don't really watch it frequently because it's scary. Mm. Um, but it just it just sort of it feels like I need more motivation behind like Sally and what she's doing or to just not have that at all and have it be a very short film about like Jack finding out about Christmas, trying to do it and just fucking it up stupidly. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah it does the... feel that she's a little bit sort of superfluous yeah and a little bit elbowed in to add a little well, bit of well she's an addition isn't she from the like tim burton's original poem yeah she's not in it it's yeah. just about jack and finding christmas and when i think when they came to they made the decision i guess to make it into a feature rather than a short mm. and obviously you need to expand the story and i think when they had the i can't remember the guy's name now michael something mcdowell is it who, who wrote beetlejuice yeah. um 
he did the first draft and he kind of dropped out for reasons. Um, and I think he added uh, Sally's plot or added the character of Sally um, uh, to, to like expand it out a bit. But I, I think it's a, probably a sign of the times that it is. It now seems a very short film. It's like mm. an hour and 15, mm. which is what you'd get for a, a lot of straight to video animated yeah. Um, yeah. film. You know, like the DC animated movies usually run about an hour 10, an hour 15. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, an animated feature, like a cinema feature now, you'd expect to go at least an hour and a half, maybe yeah. push it to you know two hours nearly. Whereas I think at the time, um, that was the accepted, like, particularly maybe for Disney, that that the, you know an hour and a half was their kind of their yeah, their, their time limit for an animated film. I mean, on the DVD, on the commentary, and there's there's like deleted scenes. Now you tend to not get a lot of deleted scenes with animated movies because they get chopped at like the um, at the script stage because you can't afford to animate stuff yeah, and then not have it in the thing. For you know, like a like a five second sequence would take a week to film, so you're not going to cut stuff. You can't afford to. So there were a few deleted scenes and, and stuff like that. And like Tim Burton was saying, oh, we had to cut this, we had to cut that for time. And I thought, your film was an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's, yeah, there's not a lot, you know, but I, I, I assume that's, that's Disney's dictate. It's very, it's very much Disney dictate because obviously the, yeah. the Disney classics at that time, which was like Beauty and the Beast and others, were around about, you know, a 90-minute movie because yeah. that's, I think it also comes down to that's probably what they felt children could sit through. Yeah. and not get bored um yeah. which makes good sense but yeah it's like you say it's crazy to think that when we live in a world now where most films are a good two hours long yeah although i think we kind of swung the other way now yeah. it's yeah. like every film has to be like two and a half hours now and it's like yeah. you don't need to be that, that you, can, you can long. you can cook yeah. i mean i'm very much kind of like you know i i liked or like long movies but now it's like, <laughs> really? Do you no, need two and a half need, hours? Yeah. Did you need yeah. an extra forty minutes? Because you could have taken that out. And yeah, and I'm really fine. feeling like you could, you, yeah, you, you, you get to a point where you go, I'm kind of, I'm ready for this film to look wrap up now, yeah. and you check yeah. the right time. Like, there's another hour left. Jesus yeah. Christ! And it's like I would watch this length of movie like as a director's cut yeah. at home on my sofa. <laughs> when, yeah. When it's okay for me to pause it and come back to it, yeah. you know, or just. I think it depends on the content, doesn't it? I think if yeah. you've got a story to tell and it fits three hours and it, it's tight still and makes sense and there's yeah. no flab, great. What I don't want is a three-hour movie that's an hour and a half of flab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think since the cinema's closed, you know, during the pandemic, I've, it feels like they've, they've, they've you know, when they realise, oh, people are watching films at home now and these big movies are getting premiered at home, it's almost like, OK, we don't need to cut for cinemas now. Mm. We can mm. just let it run. Um, and I think they've gotten to the habit of just not, tri- you know, sometimes trims are for a good reason. You're trimming the, the flab off. Oh, this sounds very, like, fattest. Sorry. Does this, <laughs> we just, <laughs> cutting the flab and cutting the fat. But it, it just seems like, you, like they, they've lost, the, you know, the, the will to cut stuff because mm. they don't need to cut mm. for cinemas anymore. Mm um but i don't know but anyway yeah but yeah so it's it's, it's uh, like also oh, i think the other thing i think um 
that you were talking talking about with it saying it needs a bit more um brings me on to a point i wanted to bring up like it's a musical and we know yes. what i feel about musicals now there's two types of musical there's the musical where it's basically a normal film with dialogue and scenes and stuff and then there's songs inserted at various points and then there's the second type of musical which is song it's all songs so there's no kind of dramatic scenes and dialogue and stuff it's just song into the next song into the next song and this is part of the second this is the second type there's there's no real scenes of conversations and acting all the dialogue is in the song it's in the well, lyrics yeah because this is the kind of musical where they use the songs to push the story yeah, forward that's right it's, so it's, this is you're like your west side story oklahoma kind of musical where it's using songs to push the narrative that's it there's, there's, yeah. now i don't like this kind of i'm not a big musicals fan anyway but i particularly struggle with the the, the no dialogue scenes i get kind of anxious mm. waiting for the the story bits <laughs> you know whereas li- it's literally which what made me and i was when i was watching it i was thinking how do they script something like this because there's literally no dialogue it's it's all all the script has been i think um, what's his name danny elfman who wrote the the songs the song, yeah. he was basically making the film but, yeah, I mean, they started and they couldn't animate until he'd finished the songs. And then once he finished one of the songs, then they could animate it. Well, and they didn't have a script. No, that was the other I was going to say. The other problem is they didn't have a script. So Danny yeah. and Danny Elfman and Tim Burton started working on the music. And it was a case of Tim Burton saying, well, here's what's happening in the story. And Danny Elfman would say, right, get out the room, get out the room. Yeah, I can, I can write the song now. And then once. Yeah, you're right. Once you have the song, then you can animate what the character is going to going to do to that yeah so they they finished one song and then when that went off the animators were waiting to start work and he went okay here's the here's the first song which is the the i I think i think it was what's this wasn't it the 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 christmas town one and they said okay now we can now we can start work (laughs) because and they hadn't got a script at that point because i also but that's one of the ways of doing animated films a lot of animated films don't have particularly the shorts don't have a script They'll be the script will be the storyboards. That's right. Yeah. Uh, like your Tom and Jerry's and your Roadrunners and stuff like that. You don't need a script because there's no dialogue. Yeah. It's it's all it, the, the script is the is the um, the storyboards. And I was thinking with something like this, it must have been it's it's the book, the 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 collection of songs would be your your script, I guess. And yeah. what the actual screen um, screenwriter um, Caroline Thompson. I, I thought, well, what she must have done was basically just write the connective tissue between. I mean, probably because between if, songs. If there's um, like if you watch any making of um, a musical, like any of the Disney making of, um, especially right now, like Disney Plus has the making of Frozen Two, and you you can watch them through that. Like uh, Jennifer Lee, who was one of the writers of Frozen Two and and the original Frozen. You can see them doing screenings where they haven't finished uh, the animation, so they're just mm-hmm. putting in like, um, like almost like storyboard like cards, yeah. if you like. Um, and then they're coming away from having shown it to other animators who are working on other Disney films, and they're saying, "Well, this bit didn't really work for me, and that didn't." So then she's going away again to rework the script. So the script is never locked, it seems, until yeah. until nearly as if you know that the, the film's about to be released. And it, it, it felt like it was only a couple of weeks before then that the script is actually finally locked. 
and they just take every piece they've already animated together that works with that script and lock it all yeah in it seems like with this one it actually seems like a, a very because i was thinking about this as i was watching it and then i watched the the making of and they pretty much said that's that's how it happened you know mm-hmm. that you know danny Elfman needs so much more credit i think yeah for, I mean, for it, than it, what he gets it's like, danny elfman's the nightmare before christmas yeah, yeah henry Fellick, the know, director and the animator do you Tim know what i found really strange about it for me was that um I didn't realise until this watch around, because I'd always thought that Danny Elfman was just the voice of Jack Skellington. I didn't realise he had a separate speaking voice. And now I can't help but wonder, like, why the fuck is that? <laughs> because well, there's like, so, like Jack Skellington has maybe like four lines outside of something. Yeah, it, it, it seems real, because I, th- I thought that what as well. Choice? I, it I is know. odd, because his speaking voice is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, apparently he's, I mean, it's a great singer. Apparently his performance wasn't great for the, well, for the uh, bits. The little bits he did, it, you know, it was fine and functional, but it yeah. wasn't and as acted. We know from, so they got an actor in who sounds remarkably like, like him. Yeah, you ah. know. And, I mean, it happens a lot, especially. I mean, in Disney films, it happened a lot before they started doing like star casting. Yeah. So you'd have an actor do the voice of one of the characters, and someone else would do the singing voice for the characters. Yeah, yeah. It happened an awful lot. Um, but it it. it it is a little weird because although Jack has, I mean, he does have, you know, dialogue, but you're quite right. It's it's a bit. It's minimal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very little. Yeah, you do watch and go, but what did he say, actually? He, <laughs> did he come in and do like, did he work for like an afternoon? Well, yeah, because it's like we, I mean, we've all watched enough animated films. And I know, Stace, you're really into uh, voice acting in that as mm-hmm. well. So we recognise how much work actually really goes into voice acting. Um, which is why some screen actors are actually not that great yeah. at voice yeah. acting. <laughs> yeah, and vice versa as well. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of voice actors who will happily say, don't put me on a screen, I'll be bad. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But I, if we um, if we go like to the top of the movie, just the opening of the film, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I love the voiceover, which um, it's weird. I got my Christmas movies confused because I thought the voiceover was Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Well, he did, he did he did record a, an introduction for it and a, you know, a prologue and epilogue that they didn't that they cut. Uh, and I think they used oh, it for something else. Is there a like a, a, a Disney ride or something like that? Or, or they or I think they put it on the album on the soundtrack album. That might be what it is. Then I've listened to the soundtrack album and heard it there because yeah. the voice that does it in the film, I believe, is the same voice of Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, oh, Santa Claus, by the way, I'm sorry, your mouth is terrifying. Yeah. You're supposed to be jolly old Mr. Christmas, bringing the presents, happy timesman. And you look like you've got the world's scariest mouth. I couldn't. The, the funny thing for me with this film is the two scariest things for me are Santa's face, because I think he somehow looks evil, even though he's not supposed to. I know he's cross for a lot of the film because he's been kidnapped in that. But uh, but that and um, I hate I hate Sally because I hate that her limbs come off and that she sews them back on. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. But what I love was that. interesting about Santa is they originally wanted Vincent Price to do the voice yes. of Santa. Oh, that would have been yeah. wonderful. Uh, but they're also weird he, as fuck. He was going through a rough time. His wife had, had not long died, and they were oh. saying his like grief was just coming through his voice. Yeah, you know, they recorded some stuff, and he he just sounded so sad and yeah. and grief stricken. Even you know, just be so they, unfortunately, they couldn't 
because like you know Tim Burton and those guys they loved you know Vincent Price who's you know because are, one of um, Tim Burton's earliest shorts animated shorts was Vincent wasn't yeah it was Vincent yeah about, and, a, about a young boy who, yeah, who wanted and, to be Vincent and, Price and Vincent Price narrated that yeah which was quite a coup really it was amazing to do it yeah. I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen it the once that little short and it is lovely and I just, it is yeah it's on it's on the DVD it but, is, but yeah. and and, uh, it's and, really I, and I love Vincent Price's voice is just gorgeous mm. anyway to listen to. Um, was it? Was it? Did Vincent Price? Did he appear in Edward Scissorhands as well? Was he the? He was the, the scientist. He was the scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then that was his last film, I think. Wasn't it, it was. Yeah. It, yeah. It was his. I think it was his last screen appearance. Yeah. Um, to be done. So. But yeah, um, what freaked me out was the. the Santa's tiny hands compared to his tiny Jack. hands, his tiny legs. <laughs> yeah. I thought, is Trump playing Santa? Is yeah. that what? <laughs> it did occur oh, no. to me that that man on those little ankles and legs would not last long because there's no <laughs> way they could support his body in frame at all. <laughs> I think I think that's part of the thing that. Just... See, and people think Barbie's an irresponsible, I know. unachievable body yeah. type. Try to be I, Santa. I eh? do. It's like I do find with Tim Burton's um, designs of characters and what the the um, model makers of this created. I mean, they're fantastic and they're yeah. you know, great. But I've always found that his designs of characters for things like this, and I've seen his sketchbooks and stuff, they're just the quirkiest, weirdest. Yeah, they do a things. good job of translating yeah. these things. I mean, really when do. they did, I think they did Jack, and he was he's like pencil thin in in yeah. the drawings. Yeah. And they had to like you know beef him up, beef him up a little bit, and he's the skinniest thing. And, <laughs> yeah, he's a twig. <laughs> yeah, and it's and, interesting. Uh, I mean, his... I mean, he moves so well. That kind of spider like mm. move. Oh yeah, it's, it's so beautiful cool. how they the animated him and moved him. And I find it yeah. interesting that his his costume um, color makeup of black and white stripes is very Beetlejuice as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a, there's lot, a lot of Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice you know? like the um, mm. the snakes, the and snakes stuff. under the bed, and all of that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. The uh, the vampires are my favourite because um, like during that that opening like Halloween Town song sequence, mm. um, and I, I have questions in a moment about the towns that I'm sure people will be like, don't think about it so hard, stays. Um, but that during that opening sequence, that I think the vampires are wonderful. I think they look great. Um, and uh, what I like about it is that it sets up sort of everything that you need to know like immediately. Uh, about that town except for the question that i have to ask you so are the towns that are about various holidays are they spent are they spending a year prepping themselves to come to us as in the real world as in some sort of earth to do a halloween and then when they get back they're like right let's start planning for next year or do they well that's what i thought but then it yeah. looked like christmas was taking place in christmas town later well, I, I, that's what really threw me I, I, I was like, well, it can't be christmas every day I mean, that's that, that, yeah that's what that looks like christmas town yeah. looks like christmas and then they bring stuff to the real world yeah but that's okay. that's just what that's christmas how town I see. it's like, like in christmas town it's always christmas yeah it's like, and in it's halloween like, town it's always, it's always halloween. halloween it's like there's always a christmas shop in disney world <laughs> yeah <laughs> Even in July, there's a Christmas shop, and that's what mm-hmm. I think it's like. But yeah, I think every town is always their theme, and then they go out to the real world yeah. to share. Okay, because I think I was missing the 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 sort of link to the real world. So because it it seemed to me, 
yeah, I don't know. I think I was just losing my marbles towards the end because I was like, well, he's just delivering gifts in Christmas town. Like they can just have Christmas tomorrow again. Like it'll be fine. <laughs> like chill out. Uh, <laughs> no, I no, they're, they're doing <laughs> to the real world. So, yeah, okay. Although yeah. so, guns blowing them out of the sky and stuff. Yeah, I uh, the idea of opening a Christmas present on Christmas Day and getting a tiny shrunken severed head would be the worst. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love I Christmas and I would absolutely not. No, thank you. I feel like it's really naughty to have got a shrunken head. It's like cold yeah. one thing, but a shrunken head. What the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the one thing that did really strike me about that opening Halloween Town song as well is that like. I was saying to Rich, I sort of struggle with who this film is for because it feels like a kid's film in the simplicity of its story and the fact that it's about, like, you know, yeah. jolly holidays and that. But on the other hand, like, literally in the opening couple of minutes, we've got skeletons hanging from trees. I know. I yeah. And I'm like, was... this feels risky. <laughs> I think yeah, I, and so... I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head of why it didn't do it so didn't well. do well and then of course mm. disney are like we can't release this under the disney yeah. brand like we said earlier so they put it under touchstone because that was their adult yeah brand. but also they saw it as this is really meant towards teenagers and adults but then once after the film had been released and no it didn't do well but then it became a cult favorite and disney saw this and then disney rebranded it as walt disney's the nightmare you know yeah part of, mm. of, of their branding but i think also I think times have changed slightly for what people think children can handle. Yeah. Because I'm of the belief, like Steven Spielberg had said to Eli Roth, I think it was, when Eli Roth did, um, what was it, Clocks in the Wall or something? The, like yeah, the house with the clock in its wall. Yeah. So Eli Roth had done that and he was wondering how far he could push certain things to make it scary. And Steven Spielberg was like, just make it scary. Kids love scary. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, so I mean, there's, there's a, there's a I think there's, yeah, I think there's a difference there's a between what filmmakers think kids can take because yeah. there's a whole history of scary kids films. Yes. Um, but but there's a difference between what Disney will make. I mean, Disney did some always had the frighteners in their movies. Look at Snow you know, White. You say the pink elephants yeah. in, in Disney yeah. and. You I know, mean, in Fantasia with the the wizard and you know the the, the witches in the various princess well, movies and stuff like that my nanny used to work as an usherette in the cinemas and she was working uh when snow white was released it's probably one of the re-releases mm. um but she was what she was usherette when snow white was playing and she used to have to open the door when snow white was running through the woods mm. and the twigs and that were grabbing at her and it was made mm. to look like it was monsters grabbing at her my nanny said she used to have to open a door to allow children to go running out screaming because they yeah. got And that was yeah. about, I mean, that was released in 1937, I think. Mm. So, so, yeah, I think so. It's, it's, it, there's always, it's always been there, but I think it's just a film where it's it's everything. Where yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah. before it'd be one little bit and then there's a ton of cute to take the, the yeah. sting out of it. It's yeah. like you'd have Bambi. Bambi's mum gets shot. Yeah. You never see it. Happens off camera, but it traumatizes. It's, oh, it's tra traumatized generations. Yeah, generations. Yeah. But it it never was shown on screen. Yeah. But then you get you know fluffy uh, thumper bunny and yeah, yeah. little skunk. And you get the ice skating bit soon yeah. after, the, and, then and that's you know it, that's even the sugar. up to Lion King and Scar mm. killing Mufasa, and you've had all these 
you know, scary moments. But like mm-hmm. I say, um, this film, Nightmare Before Christmas, seemed to just plump it all into one thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think and just, speaking as a, as a kid who would, you know, had I been, a, it was just the whole atmosphere would, would have, is what I would have found really upsetting. Yeah. Just the whole, the darkness and the creepiness. and Yeah. The, the, it's things like having a spider as a bow tie. That's upsetting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't just, love just it. Just the whole, I mean, just the, all the cliche stuff, the spooky music and stuff yeah. like that would just freak me out. Yeah. Um, one of the most, sca- the scariest things when I was a kid was there was a Jerry Jerry Lewis film called The, the Nutty Professor, um, which was remade. Um, but it, but it's just about like a dweeby scientist who takes a potion and turns into a super cool dude. And I could never get past the transformation scene because yeah. the way they shot the transformation scene where he drinks the potion was they shot it like a real horror film. So there's a big heartbeat over the top. And <laughs> and he's, he's writhing around on the floor and, you know, in spasms of agony and, you know, this claws popping out of his fingers and all this. And I was just ho- absolutely horrified. And I didn't get past that bit until I was into my 20s. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, he turns into like a, a teddy boy. Yeah. That's the gag that you go through the horror transformation and turns into a super cool teddy boy. But but it was it was all the stuff you kind of dismiss as kind of goofy and funny and cliche now was the stuff that used to really just get to me. Mm. See, just I was the, the, I was twelve when Nightmare Before Christmas came out, so it was right in my sweet spot of yeah. It wasn't too childish and it wasn't too scary because I was just coming. I mean, I'd seen some horror already, but I was just coming into being able to handle the horror, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I saw it in the cinema as well. I don't really remember, but I'm pretty certain I did. I don't think this was one I waited until it came out on video. Pretty yeah. sure I saw it first. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a film, though, that I watch it now. And although I somewhat still enjoy it, I find it a bit slow. There's not a lot there, is there, no. actually? No. <laughs> um, when, when you get older and you start watching, you start realising, oh, I'm a little bit bored now, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not really that long. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would say I got. I mean, I did. I I can see it becoming like a bit of a regular for me yeah. around about the Halloween Christmas time. Um, but I, I you know, so I I wasn't bored by it. It's too short mm. to get bored. But because I I don't engage with songs particularly yeah. i drift off when the song has come on i ride through you know I'm, I'm big into my movie soundtrack so i i ride through the music and stuff like that but yeah. you can't do that with this kind of musical you have to pay attention mm-hmm. to the lyrics because that's your dialogue that's your exposition so i i, I spaced out a couple of times and realized oh i'm, I'm missing important information here yeah so um so yeah i i think i you know, an Aaron Court, I think it, it doesn't outstay its welcome at all. Um, but I, but I, and I don't think I wasn't, I certainly wasn't bored. No. But I, you know, but we'll see how, how it goes on, you know, in the well, future. So we had our, our opening where all of our Halloween Town characters come back. They've just had a big, successful Halloween. Jack sets himself on fire, which is disturbing, <laughs> throws himself into a waterfall and then comes up like born again. Yeah, so that's that's his actual skull. Yes, he burnt off his flesh 
Yeah. And that's his skull. We're actually yeah. looking at that. That's, you know, that's, he wondered why kids didn't like yeah, it. That's, that's terrifying <laughs> enough. So that, but then he's sadly depressed because he feels like, hey, I'm just bored of doing the same old thing all the time, every day. And he just goes for a really long walk with his ghost dog, Zero. <sighs> I love Zero. I love Zero. Zero is possibly my favourite of all of them, apart from Lock, Shock and Barrel. I love that. I think it's Barrel. I'll check another little bit. <laughs> um, but, I, lo- you know, the three mischievous kids, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're, they're fun to me. Um, but he goes for his long walk and then you've got the two-faced mare. I love the idea of the mare that he is, and they just make him a twisted two-faced mare. Literally two-faced. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love her. I think that's great. Um, and Greg Proops doing the voices of the jazz band, yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, the voice cast is pretty brilliant, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, there's there's an awful lot of the cast of Beetlejuice in there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and I said that the mayor is played by uh, Glenn Shaddix, who was who played Otho in, in Beetlejuice, and it was yeah. bugging me. It was one of those horrible bits where I had to pause the film to look on my phone, and I know it's a horrible <laughs> habit. But yeah, I'm going, I know it. that voice. I know that voice. Nine times out of ten, you can ask me, and I'll probably know because I am a voice acting well, yeah, groupie. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'll be the one sitting there, and Rich will go, "Who's that voice?" And I'm just like, "This guy." <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, I have a thing about about. I don't, I don't know that this movie necessarily has a message, but if you were going to read one into it, it feels like the message is. Don't try anything different because it will yeah. like, probably end yeah. up being shit. Which I, is a weird that, fucking message. Don't <laughs> look weird. into it because I think because yeah. I, I don't think that's the message. I think the message is kind of be happy with your life. You know, enjoy, is, yeah. enjoy what you're in, doing. Enjoy what you thing. have. Don't you, you know, know? The grass isn't always greener. Enjoy yeah. Yeah. love. Love what you. But, have. It, but, but you, you can do kind of look like that. Yeah. Don't do anything new. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Don't don't travel. <laughs> which is not the right which is not the right you know well, we, we like alternatively us, it's yeah. like you know don't fucking steal somebody else's job when you don't know what you're doing which yeah, i think I mean, is, is, a, message, is a moral yeah. we can get behind yeah mm. absolutely you know, so, but, uh, see now when jack just uh walks and walks and we discover that he's walked into this part of the wood he's apparently never been in before and he discovers the doors to the other holiday lands yeah so if i <laughs> Because it only seemed to be like like they showed us maybe three or four. Yeah. And yeah. There, there was, it looked like it was a Valentine. Thanksgiving. There was definitely an Easter. And there was definitely Easter, a Thanksgiving. Yeah. Although uh, Thanksgiving is just what turkeys. Just a turkey. It was just a turkey on the trip. Tur- yeah. Turkey yeah. land. So no, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Thanksgiving you know. with the turkey and Christmas, Easter with the egg, mm. and then yeah, I guess Valentine. You think? There's I think. Other I think there was a Paddy's Day one as well because there was one yes, that looked like was. a. Uh, 40 like a shamrock or something yeah oh, okay i'll miss that yeah. one so um, quite, quite a few quite western i think i kind of want to see a nightmare before paddy's day where jack skellington well, just wanders into a giant piece they, they did try to make <laughs> a sequel a few years back didn't they and yes. tim burton put his foot down and went nope because they were talking about, i don't want to see jack goes to valentine town and jack goes <laughs> to thanksgiving town yeah. to be fair yeah, it would I, probably I be the exact same going, story oh, we, We've, yeah, we've got it, one for every holiday here. But it would actually be Sally going to Valentine's Town because she wants to marry Jack and Jack's not interested. He's like, <laughs> yeah. our life is good as it is. What are you doing about? We just had a whole <laughs> film about why we shouldn't, you know. Yeah, she, I mean, yeah, goes to Valentine's Town and has a brilliant, brilliant time there, you yeah. know. 
also, you don't want to dip too far into what happens on Valentine because that's quite a bloody mess. So you don't <laughs> <wanna>. <laughs> that's just another horror story. So, but then he gets sucked into because he opens up Christmas door, mm-hmm. uh, which I even love the little detail on a door. If you look closely, you can see like a little brass uh, bracket, which is like the um, magnetic lock to it, which I thought was kind of mm-hmm. cool. But anyway, he gets sucked into that tree, and lo and behold, flying through a portal, he's then in christmas town and so begins what's this what's this yeah. what's this what, what i thought was funny was they that was the first thing they animated that scene and quite deliberately they did that one because they didn't want to freak out disney so yeah. with all with all the you know the halloween stuff and the scary shit so they said oh well, if we do the christmas town scene first that's all bright colors and tinsel and and cute stuff that's the only bright scene in the film <laughs> we'll show them that first and then they'll go oh, okay carry on yes. and it, then with them that we're fine it is my favorite scene in the film i it's think which is a bit of a film. shame that it sort of yeah. peaks so early yeah. um but like like you say it's very bright what i love about it is like the, the twinkly lights and stuff just and all the like the textures yeah. of the snow the pedanting me though it is bothered by the fact that there's a whole song about what the fuck is snow but then a bit later in a different song he uses the term snowflake yeah. about himself or something and i was like well then he you know what that. snow is you dumbo like what it is mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> they have weather they just you know well, I, I, I feel like, though, that Halloween Town is permanently stuck in autumn and they only yeah. have snow when Santa brings it over yeah. at the end of the film. I mean, I love the design of Halloween Town anyway, where there's literally no colour except orange. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all black, white, grey and yeah. orange. Yeah. Which, and, I mean, yeah, I was watching that going, oh, I like that it's just orange. It's all just pumpkin colours. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, loving, like, sorry, like, I love in Christmas Town when he's doing What's This and you see all the little elves and children and families decorating everywhere mm. and the way that they decorate the christmas tree by spinning it around with the twinkly lights mm. no, it's just little things like that amuse me and make me oh, happy i one of the things i love in like especially in stop motion stuff is like picking up on the like little details that they didn't have to put in there but just make everything gorgeous yeah. and so like there's there was a few bits for me in this film that I just like really loved that I'm almost certain people would be like why are you paying attention to that but it's like the textures of the hills in Halloween Town I think are gorgeous I loved some of the ways they do a couple of shots where the camera sort of comes from a window and then into a room and like the perspective and the way that they do the buildings and stuff is just like kind of blows my mind it's amazing um and then there was little details as well like when jack is trying to work out like you know the formula for christmas and he has like the square root of chestnuts over an open fire which i thought was really funny (laughs) (laughs) one of the little little details i i like and there's a lot of lovely little details you're Mm. right there's this ton one of them is that just stood out to me and it's a non detail really but it just stood out to me and went oh that's somebody who cares about what they're doing is i think it's near the end where jack's walking through the snow to to sally and her footprints are already in yes the snow. yes and i thought that's 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 detail that's somebody who's yeah. thought about it i mean there's there's live action movies where they haven't thought to do that you mm. know where yeah. they, they haven't realized that somebody else has walked there beforehand you know but yeah. it's, that sort it, of stuff. it's brilliant but even like with 
if we like flip back to the opening sequence when you got the pumpkins landing down on the spiked railings. Yes. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking how much of that, which bits are like, I know the ghosts on the tombstones, they're like, they're like um, computer, they're digital. But then I'm also thinking how much is actually is practical and how much is digital because it's sometimes well, what's the digital or would, or would it have been hand animated because i know there's the the ghosts mm. who are flying with the packages the packages were real they were like uh, stop motion animation so the packages just flew through the air and yeah. then they sell animated ghosts mm. onto them flying them so i don't i mean 93 would have how much digital would there have been in 93 probably not too much because you know, we were only just getting Jurassic Park. Yeah, so what year time, Jurassic so. Park was about, yeah, it was about 90, 1991, maybe. So. That was 91, yeah. So it was very early. So, yeah, it probably was just, yeah. if it was uh, animated, it may, like you say, it probably been hand. I know, I know in the, in the, in the, because I watched the, the making of documentaries and, and stuff yeah. like that, there was no mention of computers at all, I no. don't think. It just, um, it blows my mind what mm. they can do with the stop animation in this. In this oh, and others. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Did you ever watch the uh, the making of um, Kubo and the Two Strings? Um, because yeah, ever... I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen. I've seen, I've seen the seen film. Bits. Yeah. Oh, if you ever get to see even just the even just the little clips of the making of, it's absolutely fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah, the just off the end sheer... credits. They yeah. went over the end credits, and you just like, and I was, I didn't realise it was stop motion until the end, mm. and I'm like, oh, this isn't CGI, Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a beautiful movie. This is a, they're lying. This has got to be CGI. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what, because I knew it was, I knew it was a Leica Studios thing. So I was like, oh, this is going to be gorgeous. But there were like movements in that film where I was just like, okay, how are they doing that with stop, that doesn't make any sense to my brain. Mm. <laughs> like, like you, I was like, they've got to be fibbing. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think what you'll find is that they'll it'll be stop motion, but they'll use computers to enhance stuff. So mm. to remove kind of you know, wires and, and yeah and stands and, yeah. and stuff like that but even to, looking you know, at, and tinker but if we go back to 93 was this one where there wasn't that amount of technology to do yeah. the, the smoothing out you look at the um oogie boogie scene towards the end where oogie he has santa claus captured and then he's also and i love sally in that section of the scenes where she unstitches her leg <laughs> yeah. to get just to entice him yeah to entice him and i think that's great and then using her hands to go and untie Santa. But that whole section where Santa and Sally are tied down to like that large cog thing and he's about to throw them into the hot, I guess it looked like a, like a hot lava type liquid. Mm. But the fluidity of all of that animation where mm. it flips and, there's no, and, and Jack is there to save the day. It's just how fluid yeah. that motion is. It you know, doesn't feel stagnant or anything. And it's just, again, it like I said, it just kind of blows my mind how, um, I'm so stupid saying the same word over again, but just how fluid and move. Well, I mean, I mean, one of the things that helps is, again, you know, having just said there's no mention of computers, I'm now going to say where they did mention there was computers, where they had <laughs> computer yeah, motion control cameras. Where, and, but this just makes it even more incredible how they did it, because they pre-programmed the camera move mm. before... For the, for the whole sequence that they're animating. So as they were animating each bit, the camera would move in like a bit and then they'd do the next shot and then the camera would move in a bit more and they'd have the camera move all pl- plotted out for that 
two second sequence or whatever it would be. And then they'd have to animate to fit that sequence. So the amount of maths involved in yeah. just having everything coordinated. So when the camera is at this point, the, this character has also reached this point in his movement. There's um there's a particular bit of that that blew my mind, and I would love to see if there's like a making of to see how they actually did this, which is when Jack is sitting on his bed, like reading through like Christmas books and stuff, and the camera sort of pans from his window across to the bed and then sort of up to him, whilst he's like fully flipping through pages of books, and I was like. How are they doing this? Mm. It's, it's like, God, that's phenomenal. Yeah, painstakingly. <laughs> oh, my God, the patience that you must <laughs> yeah. have. Like, I, I couldn't do any – like, even if I was, like, creative enough to, to you know, even make the models or anything, I couldn't do anything that would require that level of, like, finesse and patience. Yeah. I think, I think the, I've um, always thought I would be. I always thought I'd enjoy doing this because I enjoy that minute finesse. Into it. I yeah. think it's because my job as a designer – you kind of sometimes you feel like you do have to be a bit nicotine right down to the finest you should be anyway yeah but my, <laughs> my thing would be i'd be okay if i was if, if it meant you just had to animate one thing but you don't you have to animate everything that's in that scene yeah so you're yeah. not just animating say uh say jack just walking along you've also got to do any background characters or the clouds um, yeah. and all that kind of that goes with it like i mean ray harryhausen like for jason and the argonauts he had to animate um like a dragon with seven heads <laughs> and he said and you, it's not like you could just do one head and then go back and do the other head you had to do all seven heads at the same time so you had yeah. to remember and there was no digital you couldn't check your progress you had to film it click click move it click click and then it was only after you'd finished and the film stock went off to be printed and you watch the daily to see whether you've got it right. And if you know, screwed it up, you'd have to go and start again. And there sometimes has to be a point when you're doing something like that, like a seven headed dragon, and you have to think, oh, I question my choices right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I guess I think he was just going, just don't come in. Just don't yeah. come in the room. Yeah. You know, do not distract me because I need to know whether head one is moving forward, head two is moving back, head three's mouth is opening or closing. And and all that kind of stuff, you know. And you just think, yeah, he 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 seemed like a sweet guy, but I bet if anybody walks in and said, "Cup of coffee, Ray," he'd just go, "Fuck off." He would have been a dragon. <laughs> let's be honest. He would have just been a fire-breathing dragon. See, now I have a question. So, when it comes to the characters for a Nightmare Before Christmas, do you ever feel sorry for Jack in this? No. Yeah, I, I, I don't yeah i to be honest i didn't really engage with it on an emotional level in that way yeah i didn't i one of the things because i know again i know my friend alia adores it yeah i'm not there yet yeah you know i kind of i was okay with it i enjoyed it i didn't i didn't engage with it at all at that level i wasn't involved particularly with um i of all the characters i, I like sally best yeah. Um, I kind of find was weirdly offended that she didn't have a surname. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Jack's got two names. <laughs> maybe it's because she was created. So she's Finkelstein's yeah. monster. really. Could, yeah, it could be. Maybe maybe it's Finkelstein. Then. Might be. Maybe Although, she's Sally Finkelstein. I had to laugh that the second woman that he made that pushes him around in his wheelchair that we see towards the end of the film basically looks like an exact female version of him. 
Yeah, well, yeah. that's interesting because I didn't even notice that first time around. That's such yeah. a and one of my notes from was like, what the fuck? Did they forget something there? Yeah. You you see you see the scene of him putting half his brain in this like creation, mm. and then he disappears from the film. Yeah. And I was like, well, what the hell happened there? Because originally he was supposed to be the original ending was he was. Uh, what's it? What's the bad guy's name? Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie. They yeah. did a, a, a Scooby Doo reveal. They pulled Oogie Boogie's head off, and it's Finkelstein. Uh, and mm-hmm. Tim Burton saw that and went, "No, we're not doing that. That's, <laughs> no, we're not having that. That's a terrible ending." So then they come up with the old the, the bugs bit, yeah, which, uh, which left Finkelstein's subplot having no resolution to it at all. Mm. So it was only the second time I watched it with the commentary on. And uh, Henry Tellick goes, oh, and there's Finkelstein with his new creation, the new woman who takes <laughs> his replaced Sally. And it's literally a two second shot. Yeah. And I thought, well, yeah. no wonder I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it goes back to what I was saying at the start for me about the fact that some of the plots just feel very sort of superfluous. But yeah. I feel like a bit more time with Sally. I would have quite enjoyed or just yeah. that plot not being there at all and having it be like a 45 minute short would have yeah been i mean <laughs> i i don't want to i don't want to go make a franchise make a franchise i don't want to be that guy but there, there does seem to be a lot more scope there's a lot, yeah, for here there's a lot more there than what yeah i mean i would definitely like to see a, a sally story yeah you know and i mean i know that they did i, I know that they, they he quashed the idea of a proper sequel but apparently there was a video game that basically was a sequel and I know there's been like a few comics and a couple of manga and like a novel that have been sequels and prequels and sidequels and stuff like that. I mean, um, Zero had his own manga as well. Deservedly mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd watch I'd, that. I'd, I'd read that. But I also I also like the fact that it's 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 one and done. Mm. That it's that it's not. I know everything has to be a franchise now, and I, even I will go look, do make a franchise like with Bond movies. Everybody keeps going about, well, Bond needs to be a woman, or he needs to be black, or he needs to be whatever. And go, well, you know, you've got all these other agents. You've got at least six other agents, mate. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You've got you, you've got at least six other from you know movie series you could be making there. Why are you just doing one about this guy who's not a particularly nice guy? Where you could yeah. be, you got all these other spies you could be doing movies about. But anyway, that's I'm drifting. That's, that's another. But that's that's my pitch. There's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just felt because I. It's a thing about this was that I enjoyed it a lot more when I was younger, and I do still watch. I probably don't watch it annually. I probably watch it every couple of years because it's not. I still return to it, but not as frequently. So it's not mm. always my go-to Christmas movie each year. Um. But I do find now when I watch it, it's like, well, none of this bad stuff would really happen, Jack, if uh, you hadn't acted like a bit of a twat. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, but the thing is, characters, I mean, people will say, but, but characters have to they do be, yeah. be twats to, to tell the story. If, everybody, yeah. if every character yeah. did everything right, there's no story it's, there. It would be dull yeah. and boring. Yeah. And, I do, you know, I like that even though Jack is shown to be quite caring and sweet in some instances, he only has to, you know, flip a switch, and he's he re- he really is like Jack Skellington, the king of Halloween Town. He's mm. very nasty, like when he faces off against Oogie Boogie at the end, and and basically kills Oogie Boogie. Um, I suppose Santa has the last say on that because he steps on the bug that is apparently yeah. 
the main part. Of it. I get, yeah, his, his last remaining. Yeah, I'm a bit like, I think, say something like you with this one, when Oogie Boogie is um, sort of unstitched from the the sack bag that is his body, it grosses me out every time. I just yeah. don't, I don't like that look of all the bugs and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big bugs fan. Me either. No. Anyway. I yeah, and I so I so I really don't like that whole bug on top of bug stack thing. So that kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's. I mean, it is a nice. Although even now I'm thinking, who was Oogie Boogie? What was what well, was his what like, was his thing? Was he, is he just him, an, it? an occupant of, of Halloween Town? He's just a, a well, resident of Halloween Town. He's in. One of the nightmare guys. Again, this this feels like where they could have potentially padded it a bit more because mm. they the kids mention well Jack says like don't tell Oogie Boogie what I'm up to so clearly like Oogie Boogie is somebody who, to be reckoned with usually in yeah. Halloween Town because mm. even Jack seems a little bit like ah nah not him he's weird <laughs> you live in Halloween Town and you're still going yeah he's a bit much though isn't he. Um, but I, like I don't like I, I sort of forget he's in it every now and again because I I can't remember his song either. I know he gets one. I know I remember. I vaguely <laughs> remember like I don't remember the words, but I remember the the melody of it. You know the the actual tune of it. It's, it's a yeah because it's, it's a it's a big again yeah. So I didn't find any of the songs particularly memorable, but I know he's got a big booming kind of Broadway. His is a kind jazz of a, type is, voice. is like a jazz kind of New Orleans jazz feel. Yeah, because yeah, it's a sort of like, voodoo. They're aiming for a sort of voodoo type voodoo character, aren't they? Which are, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is so out of. It sort. It feels like it's a bit of a sore thumb mm. amongst everything else in the film because I find with Boogie, like, was he once the king of Halloween Town and then he kind of got pushed aside at some point for Jack is that what mm. the animosity is between the two of them because Oogie seems to be the guy that's down you know in the sewers like he's the one that everyone tries to yeah. forget about now. yeah everybody seems scared of him and I feel like if you were the king of Halloween Town, you should be the scariest shitter around yeah so yeah. <laughs> so like the fact that Jack's not the one I mean everybody loves Jack nobody's scared of him they all think he's the top I think he's, yeah, he's just good at his job he's good at his job. job he's a craftsman yeah whereas oogie boogie's a nightmare of a boss who they got rid of i yeah. guess yeah uh, that's, that's, but yeah seems. i think there's there's more i get i'm conflicted because i like i say i like that it's short and it's all in mm. one but mm. there is a bigger world there and it you know and i am left with, but again i don't know how much i miss because i i spaced out during during the songs <laughs> Because I just did, and I was aware I was, and I did it twice. You know, yeah. I I mm. just don't tune into to See, I, lo- I love a good song in a musical. I do. It's got to be good though. Like <laughs> it, it has to be good, and it has to be pushing the story forward for me. Yeah. Like you and, can have a jukebox musical, like you know, your Mamma Mia's and mm. all of that. And Mamma Mia does oh, quite not, well with the songs. They, I love it. It's really fun, and I love it. And they did well to choose songs that help tell their story. But for something like A Nightmare Before Christmas or We'll One Day Get You to Watch Meet Me in St. Louis or Beauty and the Beast, they're very well crafted songs, especially Beauty and the Beast, yeah. um, because of who's written them. Not to say that um, Danny Elfman has not done a good job because he has. I think, I think, but I think they're they're functional songs. Yes. They're there to, to yeah. drive the story forward. They're not there for you to, to hum along and tap your feet. And Quite. 
Yeah. Whereas you know? if you when you get to the Disney Renaissance and you get like Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz with, you know, Little Mermaid and yeah. you get songs that you do remember. I think I could sing every song from Beauty and the Beast, you know. Potentially not well, but I think I could. <laughs> I'd be right there with you. Absolutely. And we'll get Lee to watch that in the new maybe we'll we'll do Let's start now. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> I love that song. It's great. That might have to be, you know. These, these gags March, are going over my head, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're know. definitely going to get you to watch Beauty and the Beast. We will. But it, it always annoyed me, total tangent, but it always annoyed me that Taylor's Oldest Time was the song that was like, oh, this is the one from Beauty and the Beast, because the opening song in the town and something sweet is way better both of those songs are way better anyway i'm off my soapbox now Let's <laughs> okay, talk when, about... we, when we get to that episode <laughs> we're going to debate that because I th- yeah i think that's going to be right up the top i mean yeah year two i think that's going to be going to be right up the top <laughs> oh dear but no and sorry yes with tangents back to uh nightmare um I just I st- I do still enjoy it despite saying I don't watch it as much I start looking at it now with different eyes um, but I think that's purely just I I don't have the nostalgia for this film that I have for say the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Goonies. Yeah. Don't get me started on the Goonies because I have zero affection for the Goonies. Exactly. Well, I, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What? Whereas whereas Stace and I have all the affection for the Goonies. So much affection yeah, for the Goonies. Yeah, you have to be. It's Goonies is one of those films you have to be at the right age. Oh, but mate, in the opening ten minutes of the Goonies, right, we get a faked suicide, a police station on fire, escaped convicts, a kid swears, and a Willie falls off a statue. What do you want? <laughs> okay, I wanted the, the Monster pirate... Squad because I watched the Monster oh. Squad and just went, well, that just pisses all over the Goonies. But then you see, I have great nostalgia for the Monster Squad as well because yeah. I've not seen that. Okay, so we know what Halloween. <laughs> now we know what we're doing for next Halloween, then. That's our Halloween special, guys. The Monster yeah, Squad. pencil that one in. You heard it here first. We just have to write that down and remember that. So let me write that down now. Yeah, yeah. I'm seriously write that down. Monster Squad. That will be for Monster next Squad Halloween. 23. Gotta yeah. make sure I don't watch it before then. <laughs> yeah. Whoever um, has that one for for October next year. Yeah, I think so. But I, I think that is the thing with Nightmare is that it's I, I can still watch it. There are still moments I enjoy of it. And there are other moments that I kind of glaze over a little bit. But I think it is the reason for that is is many of the things we've spoken about during this episode is that there there was room for expansion in details that we're not given. And maybe as a kid, you didn't really mind. But as you grow older, yeah. you're sort of like, but why? You know. yeah what yeah. is this and why is it happening <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. but then i'm still like I, it was interesting because i was watching the um movies that made us or the holiday movies that made us, yeah which is yeah the season this is for that show and they were saying something along the lines of it was the well the first ever stop animated feature length film and yeah and they they were wrong they're very they wrong lied it's, it's the mod it might you could suggest that it is the first modern feature. yeah but, but what but what's modern had, mean it's yeah. the first one from when we started counting the ones that <laughs> we wanted to count yeah if you got stop motion movies going back to the 20s quite yeah and then you you've know? also got things like wallace and gromit and the you know their um mm-hmm. the, is it the grand adventure yeah you know their yeah. first film yeah. That came out before this. 
And then yeah. you've got, and it, but there's so that many was a others. Sure. That was that was it. It gets very. You get into very wobbly detail now. Yeah. So, so for example, yeah, your definition. So, for example, we know that Tim Burton was inspired by the Rankin Bass, um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We know that, that he says that everywhere and it's it's transparently clear from from watching the film. Mm. Um, and that was only 60 minutes. That was 60 minutes long. So yeah. that counts as a feature technically. Yeah. Um, which is only 15 minutes shorter than than this one is. But but my, my the, when I heard that and I, I shouted out loud. <laughs> yes, yeah, like wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> when there's I, um, what was that? What was it called? The. I thought, the Oh, what's it got? Monster Party or something like that. There's, there's, there was a big. Oh God, I've got it in my notes here, underlined somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so really hard. Mad Monster Party from 1967, because that's a brilliant stop motion animated film, and it's like an hour and a half. So shut your face, tomatoes, <laughs> and sort out your, your editing style because it drives me up the wall. But it's, a, it's a good series though. But yeah, that did strike me as no, this isn't like the first. No, it's it's far from. I don't know it's where they. Far. I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know where they got that from at all. Yeah, it's not even close. The other thing I, I found, um, I don't know if this occurred to you either, but I, when I was going through the actors who did the voices, like I knew Danny Elfman was Jack, and like you, Stace, I thought he did both voices <laughs> um, until later. I did not recognise Catherine O'Hara as the voice. I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't either. Very weirdly, I thought I did when she was singing, but not when okay. she was talking, which is no, very I, strange. I, I didn't because you know you do you do tend to go who was doing this voice, and I thought it was mm. um, what's her name who was in The Shining. Um. um oh gosh. Yeah. She, she. Oh, you know. Yes, I do know who you mean. I'll uh, go to my brain. I thought. I thought it was her. Anyway. Um, but that's probably because Sally looks like her. She does. I guess. Shelley uh, Duvall. Yes, that's it. I so, can't believe I didn't remember that because that's literally one of my favourite films ever. <laughs> so I thought it was, yeah. It, but yeah, I think it didn't sound because, like, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Catherine O'Hara anyway, and she's got a very recognisable voice. And normally, you can, I can hear, I can recognise her from another room, you know. Mm, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that 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 really surprised me that it wasn't. Yeah. We sort of talked about sections of the film, maybe not the whole run of it all the way through, but just trying to think what other elements really stand out because... Oh, um, one of the things that I thought was very enjoyable, uh, which didn't really make any sense, but I liked it, was when Jack gets shot out of the sky when he's doing a a Santa, that he's wearing his Jack Skellington suit, like his pinstripey suit under his Santa suit. And the Santa suit gets like burnt off, but not his suit, because we can't have him be naked, even though he's only bones. Because that would be very weird. You can't see Jack's bone on a yeah. But but we can call him Bone Daddy, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> we can call him Bone Daddy. <laughs> it's when I start to wonder, like, is his suit his skin? Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like cartoon characters always have the same outfit on for. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are websites you could go to if you wanted to see what's under his suit. I seriously I, don't want to go. To I don't want to. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I do not want that in my search history. Thank you very I, much. No, I, I, I'm sure that's there. 
I don't need to see that boner. Don't need to even think about it. Today, I watched an episode of the 2003 Turtles where they got transported to the future and when it happened, it stripped them of all of their masks and gear and I've never been more upset in my life (laughs) (laughs) because they are terrified looking without... I say clothes, they don't even wear clothes. It's just a mask and a belt. No, hated it. It's practically just a bandana, really. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And splinter without a rope. Get out of my life. Yeah. Just get right out of my life. Um, Cool. I did love like the land cannons they were using though to shoot him down. That was kind <laughs> yeah. of like crikey. Uh, then it also made me question a bit like with Tim Burton's Batman movies. It did then make me question, well, what kind of year are you suggesting it is? As well, because it seems yeah, is it a bit fifties, a bit. It's it's Tim Burton land, isn't it? It is, so isn't it? It's very wobbly. It's it's, on... it's its whole its own thing. It's yeah. kind of German expressionism. Yeah. twisted dr seuss time you know yeah. where yeah where it's just a blend of mm. you know the 40s and and modern day and and yeah. all sorts yeah i mean there's lots of little bits i i just i did enjoy and and love and just things like we've mentioned other bits of animation that grabbed us but even you know when he's walking up that hill that's like sort of like a tail that's curled yeah. around and when he walks down it it un yeah, it unravels. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I love that, especially when it's like been snowing and stuff, like we said with the footprints. There's there's an interesting little story attached to that, where Tim Burton told Henry Selick, "Look, there's no magic in Halloween Town. The magic is all in Christmas Town." And Henry Selick wanted to do this. He knew he wanted to do the scene where that kind of curled up hillside unrolls for him to mm-hmm. walk down. He needed an exit from that scene, and that was a really elegant thing. And he said, "You see that curled up." You know, mountain, yeah. and you just want it to unravel. You just, your <laughs> brain just wants it to unravel. So he did that, and uh, and Timber says, "What have you done that?" And, and, you know, so there's, there's no, there's no magic. He, no, no, that's a mechanical mountain. He went, "Oh, okay then." So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. and that's still it's machines. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it is weird though just to, to say that there's only magic in Christmas Town, where in Halloween Town you've got full of creatures and that. Yeah, that you've got. Are, you, Oh yeah, like got supernatural vampires and, and ghosts, and like werewolves. Yeah, yeah, skeletons that are alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, so I guess, I guess, I guess it's different kinds of magic. I would get, imagine, you know. Yeah, 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 maybe. Because it is, it's one of those. Because like when we said it's uh, at the start of the episode, we say, "Oh, it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas." Yeah. But of course, that's 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 quite, just marketing, really. It is, and I really feel sorry having seen it. I really feel sorry for Henry Selick, although he did, he, you know, it was his first feature and, you know, he went on to do um, Gems and the Giant Peach and Cora Lion and a bunch of other stuff. But um, so he didn't suffer. But I, I thought, God, that's a kick in the teeth, really. And even he's come out in a recent interview and said similar that, you know, because uh, Disney only put Tim Burton's name above it like two or three weeks before the film was released. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't known as Tim Burton's. No, it was literally when it shifted over to uh, to Touchstone. Yeah. And, and, and then they were worried it was going to be too kiddie-ish. So yeah. they thought, oh, if we pick, put Tim Burton on there, then that's going to come across. You know, people have, yeah. people who knew Tim Burton was at the height of his fame at that point. Yeah. yeah. And you, have to, you do have to feel for the director because he put so much, like the rest of the team, so much work into it. And yes, Tim Burton was obviously consulted and mm. sent notes back. But of course he was he, so he, wrapped up in Batman Returns. Yeah, he was he was shooting Batman Returns and doing pre production on Ed Wood. Mm. And it was shot in 
I want to say San Francisco. It was, yeah, shot in San Francisco. Um, and apparently, in the two years they were shooting, Timburn only visited the set twice, uh, five times yeah. in two years. So yes, he was important that he consulted on it, and he had the veto on things. Yeah. But you know, you, you know, it was Danny Elfman and. Uh, and it's really Danny and, and, and Henry Selleck's film because yeah. yes, it, it is based. Don't get me wrong; it's completely based on. Tim Burton's ideas, which he had whilst he was working as an animator for Disney. Yeah. Until he, he left because he was too weird for Disney. But Yeah, they they're just like, you're just not Disney, you're just, mate. You're not Disney, mate. You're a bit weird. Yeah. But they, you know, kept his idea because he'd already kind of put it to them to do A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I, I, I saw that and I thought, well, how does this work? You pitch it, they go no, and they still... But because oh, I it? guess because they he did it on their time. I get, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, because he like, was... Well, that's our property and we'll yeah it was that. on that yeah he was it was he was developing like, stuff for them yeah it's like you yeah. wrote it on our letterhead so we're going to keep that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's ours now and then you know he does batman and beetlejuice but batman is a mass success and they're like right yeah. what do you want to do it's all yours off you go and do it you know and yes you can do it you can do it wherever you want just do it so yeah, it's interesting that he that he's all like, no, 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 that's too weird. No, no, no. Batman cha-ching. Yeah, sure, yeah, you sure, can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, do what you like. Yeah, we, we can understand where money's coming from. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we we can hear, you know, never mind Christmas bells. We can hear, you know, we can cash hear, registers. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's typical uh, Disney. Um, and, it's, and I get it completely because it's just, it's, it's, honestly, it's just good business sense. Yeah. <laughs> really. It's, like, it's interesting that it's, it's, you know, but it, it, it's obviously again. It seems like all the best films were flops. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and they grow to be to be big. And and it, but it, and it goes back quite a way because even you know if you go back to th- 1939, The Wizard of Oz was a flop. Yeah, so, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. was a massive flop. And they did better because once copyright ran out and they hit TV and could be screened. Yeah. They picked like just like. Night Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus was the same. If you mm-hmm. come a little further down the line to Disney titles, you yeah, know, and they just garnered interest and love from an audience who would then show it to their children who show it to their yeah. Children. I I, th- I think there's a degree of the the really great films are not of their time. They're of you know a bit later on. They're kind of mm-hmm. ahead of their time, so the audience finds them later, or then or a, a generation grows up with them yeah. and and sees them. Yeah. This doesn't apply to Phantom Menace, which now has a as a fandom. And oh, I guess no. why that's that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I actually you know, just like I get it. Like if you're like seven and you say it's a perfect movie for a seven year old. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. when I saw it it's, as a twenty whatever it was year old, it was like no. Yeah, it's but, it's uh, like the whole Doctor Who thing, isn't it? Who's your Doctor Who? Yeah, and yeah. It's the Doctor that you grew up with, and that's that's what it is yeah. with a lot of films. It's like you you saw that at the right moment yeah and, and it hit the sweet spot at that age for you yeah and so it stuck with you yeah um so you know like the goonies because it's great let's let's not talk about the goonies <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad that that's not one that's never seen because if i yeah, had to have a, yeah. a whole episode trying to tell you that you're a fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> if we have any left any final thoughts stacy I think like just what I was saying at the start that I think this movie is very good but I think it could be better given either less time and just cutting out of the superfluous plots or more time to make those superfluous plots less superfluous so that they actually 
you know, feel like a part of the movie and a bit of extra meat. Um, but like it's visually, it's absolutely stunning and it's a, it's a wonderful thing to look at. And I'm glad that I watched it. Like I'm, mm. I'm not one of these people who was like, well, you know, I didn't watch it when I was a kid cause I'm scared. And now that I've seen it, I'm like, pff, pff, because it is like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a genuine masterpiece <laughs> of yeah. filmmaking. Um, but it's just, it just so happens that the story for me is lacking a bit mm. uh, in terms. Of, yeah, I could have done. It's a very rare occasion that you'll find me saying that I feel like a film could do with a bit more time. But I think this definitely could do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. How about you, Lee? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I find myself defending it, which is, which is peculiar because I didn't think, I thought I, I, I generally, generally didn't think I was going to like it mm-hmm. um, because of the type of musical it is. So the fact that I, I I like it as much as I did is a real I feel like it did well, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, because it's it's all everything's against it. Mm. Um, I would have I, I'd really like how short it is. But at the same time, I get what you're saying and I would like to see other stuff kind of develop. But I, I also but I do like that it's sweet and short and it's just it's got all the logic of a fairy tale. Or all the logic of like a children's picture book, which yeah. is what it should have. Mm. But so as as an adult, you you know, in the twenty first century, looking back, you 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 do want other stuff from it, and I I don't necessarily think that's the film's fault. I think the film does what it does, but it's it's. I think this is where we we just kind of you think, are we after a remake? I don't think we're after a remake, right? We don't no. want a remake. No. No. So, but I, I think therefore that's. But maybe we, we do want more, you know, expanded material like the manga and books. A couple and of shorts. Maybe really shorts. Yeah, maybe yeah. some shorts. Yeah. Or just you know maybe a graphic novel to expand. Like you know when you'd get movie tie-in novelizations. Yeah. But they would give you a bit more because they've got the space to. And I think that's what this needs. Not necessarily a novel, but a, like a graphic novel to do. Yeah, I mean, I might say there's, there's, scenes. Yeah, there's comics out there. Whether I think there's a, there's a because I bought these <laughs> for, for, for for Christmas and birthdays and so on previously. There's, there's, a, there's like a really nice looking manga adaptation of the film. And, they, and then they did a sequel as well, I think. And um, and I think it's probably a prequel. But but yeah, so the, there's material out there. Mm. Um, but it's did somebody just fart or did they just they it was just, my elbow on the table okay. sorry I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that's what it was I mute when I fart I've Lee you, this. you know me if it was a fart I would a thousand percent have owned up to it because <laughs> I don't care we, we'd have first women fart yourself laughing over it yeah right? that's true I would <laughs> have I'd yeah, be like Jenny send me the waveform <laughs> <laughs> That, so yeah, so I did enjoy it. I could see myself, you know, I'm not, you know, in love with it, mm-hmm. but there was a lot I liked about it, and I could yeah. feel it could grow on me. I do yeah. think I could, you know, just from from watching it twice, this yeah. stuff, you know, it's it's getting under my skin. Like I I, I was humming some of the the mm-hmm. songs and stuff, but um, but yeah, so I'm glad I didn't hate it I'm <laughs> because I'm I feel like there was a lot it. on the uh, on the block for that. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I'm similar to both of you. I, I still enjoy watching it, um, even though now, being a bit older, having watched it, you start to question things a little more, like we've already spoken about this part. Um, 
but I would still, you know, I'm still going to go back to it and continue watching it at seasonal times, whether that's Halloween or Christmas, mm. sometimes one or the other. Um, but again, as I say, it's not one I'm probably going to watch every single year because it's not necessarily one of my favourites mm. for that time of year. But I still enjoy so much about it, how beautiful it is to watch, what a master uh, masterpiece of yeah. film it is and stop animation and what can be done when the time and money and everything is is put into it yeah and, and I'm, it's definitely put um corpse bride and james and the giant peach and uh frank and weenie on my watch list now yeah. i'm thinking yeah. okay i enjoyed that i want some more of that i want to try some more of that and i'd um, like to see some more stop animation be made and come out you know, I yeah, know it's time-consuming and take time, but they're worth well, it. I think Henry Selick released one on Netflix earlier this year, he but has. I can't I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, and I couldn't tell you if it's fully stop-motion or not. I'm not yeah. sure, because I started watching it because it's got a funny name. It's like Wendell and something. Wendell and something, yeah. Well, uh, oh, yeah, that's the, the Key and Peele. Yes, the yeah, the Jordan Peele, yeah. 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 Wendell and Wild, it's called. There that's the one. And I did start it and I haven't gone back to it because I wasn't very keen on the look of it, mm. my style. But I need to go, maybe just need to go back and sit and, and watch it and actually get into the story mm. and get past that, perhaps. Um, well, yeah, but, you know, you don't have to like everything. You don't have to, that's the you don't have to, you like, don't have to watch everything. You know? I can try it. And if I don't like it, I just won't continue watching. Yeah, it, so. I, I feel it's OK. That's unless it. we're reviewing it, you're, it's you OK to, to watch it. Yeah, stuff. it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all in all, Nightmare Before Christmas is still one that I hold quite dear and enjoy. I'm not as mm. I'm not as big a fan of it to want to buy all the merchandise, though. It's never been one. Yeah. Apart from a zero badge I bought in Disney World that I have unfortunately <laughs> lost. I used to have a Jack Skellington Christmas tree topper yeah. that we um, that we got really sad about because we didn't realise we'd left it on the top of our artificial tree when we threw our artificial tree out. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, dickheads. Well, that's just incompetence. We found his well, leg on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> just a sparkly red spindle of a leg. Are you, I was are you like, sure there wasn't oh, like God. a ransom note to go with it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we had seen people digging around in the skip and stealing things, yeah. uh, which was very weird. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a sad time for everyone. All right. So, guys, that was a nightmare before Christmas. Um, but as it is our bonus Christmas episode, I do have a Christmassy question for you. Oh. And it is film based. It's quite a simple question, I would hope. But <laughs> what is your go to Christmas film, Lee? Uh, well, you shouldn't come to me because anybody, <laughs> as soon as anybody says, give me your number one list, you know, your, your number one pick, I immediately have to give them a list of about 20. But so, but my my, so I've got I've got about a dozen I've got about a dozen movies that I watch every Christmas. I've got my my list. So, but Die Hard's definitely up there. I've already watched that. I've already watched it. I only watched it the other day. I was very excited. I was like, yeah, Christmas times, guys. It's November. We're recording this in November. So, uh, so there's like Die Hard. um, Scrooge is always on there. Yeah, um, national she said one. Exactly. I mean, this is what you don't ask. I said, he could, have a, I said he could have a top but three, the top, but the I knew top, it was going to lead three, into many. The, the top three would be It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Scrooge, the 1930 something. Yeah. 
version, the black and white version, which is the best version of a Christmas Carol, even though it's not called a Christmas Carol. And then, um, yeah, probably Die Hard is my those are my my big three probably. Yeah. Okay. Stacy. Elf. <laughs> which I know a lot of people will be like, Stace, what, what? What? I I I don't get Elf at all. Okay, so I it's... think Elf is aimed squarely at my idiotic personality. Um, it's very just sort of like here's a man who fucking loves Christmas and everybody's like, what is this now? Which is basically what people are like in my life from the 1st of December onwards, because <laughs> I am a Christmas wanker. Like, oh, I am... I'm, I'm a total Christmas wanker Yeah, also. me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Elf, like... That's not one of mine. Yeah, no, well, I love Will Ferrell to start, and then it's yeah. just it's just very silly. So, like, it's one of those films that I can just throw on, and I know I'm going to have a laugh, and at the end it's going to be all... I'm going to feel all warm and fuzzy and Christmassy. Mm-hmm. And it's like... As much as I love Die Hard, I do love a Christmas film to actually make me feel Christmassy. And that doesn't, because although there are like, you know, trees and presents and things and Christmas songs, largely it's guns and knives and, and blood everywhere and yeah. glass in your feet and stuff, which is great. It's very great. But it doesn't put you in the warm and fuzzy, you know, hot cocoa stockings on the mantelpiece Christmas yeah. mood. Whereas like it's, Elf it's totally to me. People, cause it... <laughs> <laughs> but I will say... I do love Gremlins. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's another one that's on. <laughs> what about you, Jenny? Well, for me, it's... Can I guess? Like... Can I guess? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Meet Me in St. Louis. One of my top three, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, shit. I just thought of one. I know it's gone. <laughs> nah. Okay. So, yeah. So, go. Carry on. All right. So, my top three would be The Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yes. Because it gets me just like Elf for you, Muppets Christmas Carol gets me right into the Christmas mood. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Uh, watch that's that. another one of those ones that passed me by. I think I was the wrong age when that came out. You can't be the wrong age for the Muppets Christmas so, Carol. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that one just I've watched it a couple of times and I go, yeah, it's okay, but it oh. doesn't it doesn't I don't connect with it. But anyway, I sorry, just, Carol. So yeah, so Muppets Christmas Carol, also Scrooged, Bill Murray Scrooged. Yeah. I love that. And uh, yeah, Meet Me in St. Louis is, or Meet Me in St. Louis is absolutely uh, one of my favorite. I'm like, you know, like the pair of you, I have a selection of movies I watch over the Christmas mm. time. Yeah. Uh, I only recently watched It's a Wonderful Life because I was writing about it for a magazine article. Yeah. And I'd had it for ages, but never got around to watching it. And it, it's and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing. And it's so yeah. traumatizing. It's, yeah. it's one of those, it's yeah. really one of those films where, you watch it with somebody and they do not know what they're going to get with absolutely, that. What, absolutely. What you think it is, it isn't. It's no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Yeah, the first time I watched that, I, I got to the end of it and I was like, why would you put this on for Christmas? <laughs> yeah, Just weeping. Yeah. <laughs> but, of, but of course, the other must-watch Christmas movie, and Stacey, I'm shocked you did not mention this. Oh, yeah? E-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> fucking course. I remember the other one I was going to guess, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. That, was, that would be well, the one I was going to get. It's like I've said to you before. I consider that The Long Kiss Goodnight is like the female version of Die Hard. Yeah. Now, that I don't, I don't mean that to sound like it's a big sexist thing or anything, because I like Die Hard. I think it's a great film. Do I think it's a Christmas film? Probably not. Like, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't do this. Can really just wrap We're this not going to do this debate. What I will say, though, is some friends of mine here in Norfolk are doing Yippie Kaye 
the musical for Die Hard fans, which is going to be... <laughs> oh, I want to see a, that. Yeah, it's touring about a few different uh, venues around the county um, over Christmas time. So you can find them on Instagram uh, at Open Door Theatre uh, if you want to look them up, if you happen to be in a Norfolk area. I'll put links out as well for it. Um, so, yeah, those are those are sort of my Christmas week. I probably will end up watching something like Die Hard because I do, you know, I do enjoy it for a bit of action, uh, a film fun, like Long Kiss Goodnight. But, yeah, I've got, I've got to hit that, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol. And also mm-hmm. um, the, the Muppet Family Christmas. Oh, it's... If you haven't seen it, the Muppet Family Christmas is not just the Muppets. It's also Fraggle Rock and Sesame Street all in one film oh i don't think it, i've seen that it was made for tv uh special and i absolutely adore it because it's um it was made when jim henson was still alive jim henson has a cameo in it and it got all the great um like classic christmas sort of carols and songs and silliness of all the muppets as well and it's just so much fun As this was a Christmas episode, it's nice to end it on some favourite Christmas viewings that we will be having over our Christmas time. From all of us here at Never Seen, all three of us, uh, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and hope you have a lovely time. And we will be back in a new year with a new episode because we are... January's Planet of the Apes. That's yeah, it's right. not me. Planet Don't look at me. I'm irrelevant. No. <laughs> That's right. It is Planet of the Apes in January. Correct, yep. Mondo. So... We'll be here in your ears in January. So until then, I will say cheerio and a Merry Christmas. And Stace. Ding dong, merrily on high. Have a bloody, bloody Christmas. I love it. Have a good one. I love you, everyone. Merry Christmas and that. Bye. <laughs> and to you, Lee. And um, bye bye and have a happy Christmas. And we will be on the socials. And now you can find us on Instagram at never seen underscore pod because Twitter might be imploding so no one is to prem as well (laughs) but if that doesn't happen we'll still be on Twitter where we'll also miss you uh, miss you wish you a very (laughs) very I swear we haven't (laughs) drunk a single thing (laughs) we're very very sober I promise Merry Christmas everyone bye 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 everybody ta-ra